0: Hi ladies, good to be with you again. I'm happy to be here for another video and looking forward to seeing you again this week when we meet live. Today we are on week 8, so the long-awaited Encouragement Week is here, which has been exciting to prepare for, especially since we've been talking a lot about using encouragement phrases with our parents and then helping them see that modeled so that they can begin to use it with their kids when we get to this week so it's here that also means we are right around the 75 percent mark so about 25 percent left to go so it's gone quickly and it's been really great for me to be a part of this journey with you so let's go ahead and get started again grab your manual so you can follow through with me and we're going to look at the first rule of thumb there's only one today encourage the effort rather than praise the product. And we talk a lot about, and we'll get into it more as this week unfolds, but we talk a lot about how valuable encouragement is because it can always be offered, because it's specifically about effort rather than the outcome or the product or you know how everything turned out in the end. And so the effort is such an important piece of encouragement and that's what this rule of thumb focuses on because children need encouragement like plants need water and one of the things that i share a lot with parents is we are essentially by using encouragement we are essentially combating the praise that your children their children my children hear day in and day out from every other environment so the school environment and coaches and teachers and leaders and it doesn't matter any person in authority over kids they almost exclusively use praise and the interesting thing is kids really need encouragement because encouragement has much more healthy and significant byproducts than praise does and we'll look at that as we flip the page but encourage the effort rather than praise the product if parents can get that rule of thumb down it will be very easy for them to use encouragement because effort is always available and if parents can wrap their heads around that then they can be very successful with this week's material so go ahead and flip with me to the next page and it starts with praise and so that's an important piece of this and at the beginning i I remember feeling like i should kind of just skip past the praise section and get into the meat which was the encouragement but it's it's purposefully there because it helps show the contrast and it helps really point out the differences and why encouragement is so much more helpful and so much more effective for the outcomes that parents want with their kids so As you're going through the praise piece of this, and obviously if you look at it, it's really only about a quarter of the page, I sometimes will spend and elaborate a little bit more on that praise section, even beyond what's written, just so that parents really get a grasp of what praise is and therefore what the unintended, usually, outcomes of offering praise are. And so I won't read through that whole thing, but just to kind of hit some highlights with you, Praise and encouragement both focus on the positive behaviors. And that is why it's a challenging skill, because it's easy for parents to feel that it's essentially the same thing. You know, I've actually had parents say to me, but to me, I feel like saying, good job. It's exactly the same response that I'm going to get from my kid if I say, you did it. And that's a significant battle that they're going to have to face and overcome because, yes, it does seem that either way the kid's going to smile and nod their head or, you know, validate it in some way that, yes, I did a good job or, yes, I did it. But interestingly, the long-term outcomes, the long-term implications, and specifically about internal motivation... Uh, my husband gets on me all the time because I, I, when I'm talking about this phrase, I say internal locus of control a lot. And he'll say, no one knows what that means except for you. So I'm hoping you all know what internal locus of control means, especially if you have a psychology background. But the internal motivation, the internal locus of control, meaning what makes me want to do things. Am I internally driven because it makes me feel good? or externally motivated, with an external locus of control, is I'm doing these things for what I'm receiving from others. And we'll explore that a little bit more, but it seems to be the same process, and that makes it difficult sometimes for parents. However, here's the here's where the difference comes in. Praise fosters dependence, and that is essentially what I mean by an external locus of control, much to my husband's dismay. so. You're fostering dependence in kids when you praise them because you're teaching them to rely on what other people say to them. And there's that external motivation rather than on self control and self motivation. And this is where I typically pause and kind of go off the manual a little bit and share some specific examples. I was praised exclusively growing up as a child. I mean, I honestly don't think well my dad really never validated anything verbally he was more of the quiet he showed love in like his deeds and his actions more than his words so i don't think my dad really ever praised me much at all but my mom is the praise queen and this is where i typically will talk about how i was praised non-stop as a kid and i have had to battle and fight for a very very long time to stop being a people pleaser, to stop needing other people to validate me. I I genuinely have a personal testimony to that in my own life because I was praised so much. And I was a firstborn, which that's a whole other dynamic. But it made me very dependent and needy of other people's acknowledgement and, and praise and encouragement and those types. Of, not encouragement in this sense. Like they encouraged me to keep going. It was like they were my motivation rather than internally saying, I want to accomplish this, so I'm going to keep trying. And that's a very different tone, and that's a very different way of thinking. And so if you have a personal story like that, if you can talk about one of the kids that you've worked with, and the turnaround maybe that you've seen once they've started hearing encouragement instead, or just, to me, it's hard for parents to write off, right at the beginning, to understand you know, it fosters dependence because they rely on external source of control. That, that seems a little bit dry and difficult to me, so I usually share some examples there. And this is, this is where sometimes parents will get their feathers ruffled a little bit. This phrase right here, praise is an attempt to motivate children with external rewards. That rubs people the wrong way sometimes because here's why. Parents will immediately say, wait, 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 no, I don't praise because I'm trying to motivate them. I'm not I'm not doing it for their sake. I, I'm just wanting them to hear that I'm happy for them or that I think they did a good job or I'm proud of them. But that's the unintended outcome. And I think that if you can help parents understand the praise side of this, yes, to a degree, it's done with good, well, it's all, almost always done with good intentions. And to a degree, it's a nice thing to do. But there are unintended outcomes and long-term effects that I think parents hadn't considered up until this point. So that's really what I think is the intention behind this section of this page. So then it gives an example. So the parent who praises is saying, if you do something that I consider good, you will have the reward of being recognized and valued by me once i say that parents will usually settle with that a little bit and think through it and say oh okay i see this is where the turn usually happens if they're having a hard time with it so the the big picture of this is over reliance on praise produces crippling effects for kids and it'll be more evident as we go into the encouragement side of it but like i mentioned i mean i was a people pleaser and i was the person that always wanted to make everyone else happy and always wanted everyone else to say nice things to me and tell me that i did a good job and here's another side story i'm I'm giving you all kinds of free stories today so my husband is the polar opposite and i don't know if that's a personality thing i don't know if it's the way that he was raised i i really i don't have any understanding of why other than we're just very different and we've been together 17 years almost 18 now so you know i mean we've kind of evened out a little bit but at the beginning i remember even when i would say thank you to him you know he would do something he would have dinner ready when i got home or he would take the garbage out and and i would say hey thank you for doing that i appreciate it and i rarely got even an acknowledgement and at one point i remember saying when i say thank you to you i feel like you don't ever appreciate the acknowledgement for doing that. And he's like, well, I didn't do it so that you would say thank you. I just did it because I wanted to. And I remember kind of going through this whole worldview conversation with him, like, what do you mean you didn't do it so that someone would say thank you? Like, I'm not, I know you don't expect one, but if I am appreciative and I say thank you, doesn't that make you feel good? And he was like, no, I felt good because I did it and I wanted to. Or if he would, you know, um, he would get awards, he worked for a healthcare company for a while and he would get awards, they had star awards and he would earn it. And I'd say, oh my gosh, like you you must be really proud of that. And he was like, well, yeah, I mean, I didn't need the award though. And, you know, he completed this huge project was actually how it ended up working. And he got the award because he completed this project and it saved the company like, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so, you know, he felt satisfied in that he knew that he did a good job, he felt satisfied in his own work, and therefore he didn't need an award, he didn't need anyone to say anything to him, he was just content to know within himself that he was proud of what he had done. And that was just this foreign, crazy way of thinking to me, and I remember, actually I used to kind of get upset that he wouldn't acknowledge me, you know, I'd say can you let me know what you think about the fact that I blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh yeah, it's nice. And I I just like, I needed more from him and he needed nothing from me. So anyway, it all has evened out and I'm less needy of acknowledgement and he receives it a little bit more readily now. But it was so clear to me, especially when, and when we first met, I had not taken this training yet. And once I saw session eight, the very first time, it completely hit me. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, he is completely internally motivated and I am completely externally motivated. And to one hand, you know, clarity is helpful. On the other hand, I remember thinking, this is horrible. I can't believe that I'm so needy of of praise. And so it really did work on me and it, it helped me understand that I need to be okay with what I did, my own effort, my own work, my own accomplishment, regardless of anyone else's thoughts or opinions on it. So that was a long way around saying, I think that the crippling effects are that people end up to a degree paralyzed or frozen because they need other people's kudos. And that's not at all the kind of kids that parents want to groom and you know help them to blossom into a self-confident person they have to be able to say i'm proud of what i did regardless of what anyone else says so there you go you got some free stories today and then the other thing is praise employees words that place value judgments so here's where you're going to have to pull out your value judgment list proverbial or actual and you're going to have to help them understand that praise and value go hand in hand. So I typically give examples. I'll say there's good and there's bad and there's pretty and there's ugly and there's smart and there's not as smart. And I was going to say dumb and I thought that wasn't a nice word. So, um, you know, and even with personality types, I, I kind of frame everything in terms of everything in this world is on a spectrum. And value judgments are always on a spectrum. So you have... Typically a positive value judgment on one side and a negative value judgment on the other. And so the implication, and, and look, praise usually uses positive value judgments. It's good, awesome, pretty, great, amazing, smart, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, they're, they're positive. However, the unintended opposite is, right, but what if you didn't think it was good? What if you didn't think I did great? What if you didn't think it was awesome? Then that's where the subtle implications are absorbed by the child. So here's how you can actually help them see this. So you're such a good boy. I, I really, I can't tell you how many people at my office will I hear them say to their kids, at least at the beginning. Once I coach them otherwise, it gets a little better. But at the beginning, they'll say, it's time to go, and they'll say, good boy, good listening, or good girl, thank you for being a good girl, and part of me shudders inside. And because really what that expresses and communicates to the child is, am I accepted only when I'm good? And in that particular case, almost wholeheartedly the answer would be yes. Because had they not listened and had they not done what they were supposed to do, they wouldn't have been told they were a good boy or girl. So, of course, yes, the acknowledgement was only because the child was good as far as what the parent perceives good to be. And that's if you can help parents wrap their brain around that. The value judgment is your opinion. If they can get that, it will help them stop using value judgments. So essentially, you're asking them to eliminate their opinion about anything related to their child. And easier said than done, but that's the point of this lesson. So then, next example, you got an A, that's great, or that's awesome. Are children to infer they're only worthwhile when they make A's? And again, I'll I'll share something like, you know, okay, they bring home straight A's on their report card. You would say that's great. What if they bring home C's? Would you still say that's great? And then parents are always like, well, no. Okay. So I'm worthwhile only when I make A's then, because you wouldn't have said that's great with C's. This is when it usually starts to click. So then the next example, you did a good job. I I will typically preface this entire lesson with, I'll say, okay, before we turn the page, I'm going to give you a scenario. Your child, was out on the playground and they come running into the house and they say i just climbed all the way to the top of the rock wall all by myself what are you going to say back to them and almost without fail every parent in the room says some version of good job or that's awesome those are two of the most common responses but good job by far overrides every other praise so good job that's, and they'll all say it almost in unison. And then I'll typically say, well, guess what? Today, I'm freeing you from the phrase, good job. You'll never need to say that again. And then I get these blank, confused looks. And then we flip the page, and then we get going into the praise versus encouragement lesson. And I think that usually sets a really helpful tone for the effect of what praise is and, and how we can combat it with encouragement. So, you did a good job, there it is, because we say that all the time, and I'm so proud of you is another one. And the message sent is that the parent's evaluation is more important than the child's. So what the parent thinks about it is more important than what the child thinks about it. You did a good job is the parent's perception of the job that was done. I'm proud of you is you did something that made me proud. It's all about me, the parent versus encouragement would be, you worked really hard, you should be proud of yourself. Notice that both of those start with you because it's about the child. So there are the examples so that parents can see the subtle implications and subtle messages that are communicated through praise. Some parents are going to stop you here, have questions, And I actually gave you the you should be proud of yourself alternative. But if you weren't to say that, a lot of times parents will say, so I'm not allowed to say I'm proud of you anymore? Or what am I supposed to say instead of I'm proud of you? So this may be a point where you pause and dialogue a little bit more because this evokes a lot of questions in parents. Once all that settles, then you can move into the encouragement section. So the encouragement paragraph focuses On the internal evaluation, the internal motivation, internal locus of control that the child has, and the contributions that they make. So it's twofold really it's what they think about it, but also the effort that they're putting forth. And there's self motivation in that, there's self control in that. Parents are actually helping children to accept their inadequacies learn from their mistakes have confidence in themselves and feel useful through their contributions and you can actually highlight how none of that comes out of praise right there if you'd like to i sometimes will do that and here's where it talks about not placing value judgments so when commenting on their efforts the value judgments are discarded and you only focus on what They've done. And here's where they say eliminate those value-laden words. And good, great, awesome, excellent, amazing, wonderful, pretty, all of those. And you are then encouraging them to substitute words that help children believe in themselves. It's almost always rooted in perseverance, effort, contribution. Those are kind of the three areas in which encouragement comes the easiest so it it actually says here their efforts are encouraged valued and appreciated which develops qualities of persistence and determination and it helps kids become good problem solvers so i will usually stop and say how many of you have ever noticed that your child gives up when they feel like something's frustrating almost everyone will raise their hand How many of you notice your kid will come and ask you for help? When technically they could do it themselves, but it's just easier for them to come ask you for your help. Okay, then I usually circle back to, but remember, what's our rule of thumb? Never do for a child, and I wait, and sometimes there's usually, you know, the the one that's the studious, uh, very committed to this training, working really hard to learn all of it, that can quote it. Never do for a child that which they can do for themselves. So, when we're talking about persistence and determination and good problem solving that's a really easy way to tie back to so many of these other skills that we've been working on choice giving does that reflecting feelings does that limit setting does that so this is a nice parallel to everything else we've already talked about and the note here is that parents voice should match the child's affect and Obviously, if the child is excited about getting an A, then the parent's voice and tone of of voice and facial expression would communicate excitement as well. And so it would be, you're really proud of that, rather than, you're really proud of that. Big difference there. And then for any kind of after-the-event celebration, it's important to think about the achievement that was a part of that rather than rewards. So a lot of parents will say, well, what do I do when I'm very, you know, I'm trying to show that I'm very happy for the child, you know, they performed in the play or they um, competed in a talent show or they did something like that. So what does that look like if there's an after an event celebration, how do we handle that? So it's again, recognizing achievement rather than rewards and that's a very important distinction and the parent could add sounds like something to celebrate and notice how sounds like something to celebrate is you can still absolutely say that it was because of effort rather than the outcome and very specifically it's not a reward because if kids are given rewards for doing something It cycles them right back into, well, I'm doing something now. I'm not going to get praised, but I'm going to get something special. I'm going to get a treat or I'm going to get a prize or I'm going to get something. So then it becomes a tangible reward instead of a verbal reward. So that's a very important thing to help them understand. Sounds like something to celebrate could absolutely be. I am acknowledging all of the effort and hard work that you put forth. So let's make a cake or you choose the restaurant, my treat. And then it's a celebration, which is fun and it helps kids feel that they get to celebrate their accomplishment as well. And so that can be spurred by the parent. Okay, so notice that there are three different categories of encouragement phrases, just like there were categories of choices so and categories of limits. Well, there are categories of encouragement phrases. so. The ones that recognize effort and improvement are listed there. Go through those with your parents. The encouragement phrases that show confidence, those are listed. Talk through those. And then encouragement phrases that focus on contributions are at the bottom. And then there's a quick five-numbered summary at the bottom. And this is, a, to me, this is a helpful way to kind of wrap it all up and really help it sink in for parents. So, the first is, encouragement values and accepts children as they are without putting conditions on acceptance. Because remember, am I accepted only when I'm good, is the question that would remain. But with encouragement, you're accepting them as they are, no matter what. Two, pointing out the positive aspects of behavior. Not the positive impression that it left, because that's a value judgment, but positive aspects of behavior. Three, showing faith in children so that they can come to believe in themselves. I can't tell you how many times I will say, you can do that to my son. You know, mom, can you go get me such and such? You can do that. Mom, can you help me do whatever? You can do that. And because I have faith in him and I communicate that to him subtly through that encouragement, I I have faith that he can do it even when it's hard, even when it takes a while, even when he gets frustrated because he can't do it easily. I have faith that he can figure it out. And that's an important quality for kids to absorb. You know what, mom and dad believe in me, mom and dad know that I can do it. It also recognizes effort and improvement, again, having nothing to do with achievement or outcome. So effort and improvement, that can always be provided. And then finally, showing appreciation for contributions. That is that third section there. You know, that was helpful. I think that's probably my most consistently used encouragement phrase for contributions. Kids will turn the light off for me when we leave the playroom. Kids will um, open up the napkin for me when my kids get to pick snacks when they're done with our playtime. And so they'll go into the kitchen area and i always have cookies or goldfish and they'll automatically grab a napkin for me because if they're choosing a cookie i always give them a napkin with it and they'll clean up in the lobby if you know the magazines get wonky you know they'll go over and straighten them for me and i'll say thank you that was helpful that's my go to contribution phrase because it's easy to say you know oh gosh i have such a hard time saying praise phrases it's easy to say good job or that made me happy that you did that or something like that. But again, it's about me rather than that was helpful. That was a contribution that helped me effort. So there is your encouragement versus praise lesson. That is, I think, to a degree, the culmination of everything up until this point. And it's a little bit challenging sometimes, but I genuinely do believe that when parents get this, this is a transformational skill with the climate of the family the dynamic in the family the culture of the family and more specifically long term for the children how they think about themselves how they think about the world how they motivate themselves all of that comes out of using encouragement rather than praise so all right if you will flip back to the first page we'll look over the homework quickly And as always, the new skill, there's a a practice homework related to it. So there's going to be an opportunity for them to write down their response during the play session and also outside the play session. So just like all the other skills, as they've been introduced, their goal is to try to use at least one encouragement phrase in the session and then also one outside of the session that they write down and you all talk about when you go over the homework so what happened what you said meaning the parent and how the child responded so that's just a helpful mindfulness for them oh that's right i should be giving encouragement outside of the session this week and then number two is writing down an issue that they're struggling with most outside of the playtime because we've Encourage them to spend a lot of time reviewing the play sessions talking through the play sessions You know going over those checklists the in-class play skills checklist and the I never remember what they're called the Parent play session notes that's given them a really good awareness of What's going on inside the session, but what is an issue? They're struggling with most outside of the play session. That's a big deal for them to kind of talk through and focus on so gives them a place to write that down and then of course they're going to conduct their play session as usual one of them will commit to share and then finally it's a reminder to write the second note so all the kids get it remember it's not just the child of focus and they're going to choose another positive characteristic from that list or from elsewhere if they really feel need to do that But this time, they're going to vary how the note is delivered, meaning it's not going to be mailed if it was mailed the first time, and it's going to be offered in a different context. So if it was mailed the first time, maybe it'll be on the child's pillow this week, or it'll be on the child's mirror in the bathroom, or it'll be in the child's backpack, or whatever they did before, they're going to choose a new way to give the letters to their kids this week and they can use the exact same template that they did on week seven. So dear, name, I was just thinking about you and what I was thinking is that you are so positive, characteristic, I love you, mom or dad. And then that helps them to continue that message of encouragement and self-esteem building and self-confidence building. And that is it. So session eight done, I will look forward to seeing your videos and finding out how this goes when you actually do this with your own parents if you have any questions as always email me and i look forward to seeing you this week when we meet live bye